This is the 107th episode uh, of 100 on financial accounting, and here uh, we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, so for my, uh, minority passive investments, a firm uh, initially records the acquisition of securities at acquisition cost, which includes the purchase price uh, plus any commissions, taxes, and other costs incurred. Uh, dividends on equity securities become revenue uh, when declared. Uh, interest on debt securities uh, become revenue when earned. Uh, the debt securities for which a firm has a positive intent and ability to hold to maturity appear in the investments section of the balance sheet at amortized acquisition cost. A firm initially records these debt securities at acquisition cost. Uh, these ac- this acquisition cost will differ from the maturity value of the debt if the coupon rate on the bonds differs from the required market yield on the bonds at the time the firm acquired them. Uh, this firm uh, must then uh, amortize, uh, or hypothetical firm when I say this firm, uh, must amortize uh, any difference between acquisition cost and maturity value over the life of the debt as an adjustment uh, to interest revenue. Uh, the debt holder records interest revenue each period at an amount equal to the book value of the investment in debt at the start of the period, uh, multiplied by the market interest rate uh, that is applicable to debt on the day the firm acquired it. Uh, this transaction debits the investment account and credits uh, interest revenue, uh, which increases retained earnings. Uh, if the firm receives cash from the investment, it debits the cash account and credits investments. Uh, a graph providing quick uh, notes on each of these uh, methods uh, is displayed or will be uh, mentioned uh, in detail uh, at the end of this podcast. But um, given that we have so much material to cover, it's probably not going to come until uh, the 108th uh, edition of uh, financial accounting on uh, filling in the gap. And fill, speaking of generally accepted accounting uh, principles, uh, the Financial Accounting Standards Board's uh, Statement of Financial Accounting Standards uh, number 115, that's right, not 114, 115, uh, also requires uh, four additional disclosures about securities. Uh, first, the firm must disclose the aggregate market value, uh, gross unrealized uh, holding gains, uh, gross unrealized uh, holding losses, and the amortized cost uh, for debt securities held to maturity and debt and equity securities available for sale. Second, the firm, I'm sorry, firms must reveal uh, the proceeds uh, from sales of securities available for sale and the gross realized gains and the gross realized losses on those sales. Uh, third, firms must disclose uh, the change in the uh, net unrealized holding gain or loss on securities available for sale included uh, in a separate shareholder's equity account during the period. Uh, and finally, companies must reveal the change in the net unrealized holding gain or loss on trading securities included in earnings during the period. A derivative, uh, by way of contrast, is a financial instrument that obtains uh, its value from some other financial item, right? Uh, so an option to purchase a share of stock derives its value uh, from uh, the market price of the stock, a commitment to purchase a certain amount of foreign currency uh, or um, agricultural commodity uh, in the future derives its value uh, from changes uh, in the exchange rate for that currency or uh, the price of the commodity, uh, whether it be wheat or pork bellies. Uh, firms uh, use the derivative instrument to hedge uh, the risk of losses uh, from changes in interest rates, uh, foreign exchange rates, uh, and commodity prices. Uh, the, the theory here is that changes in the value of the derivative instrument offset changes in the value uh, uh, of uh, the asset or liability or changes uh, in future cash flows, uh, which neutralizes or reduces uh, the economic uh, loss. A firm uh, must uh, 
recognize derivatives in its balance sheet as assets or liabilities depending on its rights and obligations under the contract. Uh, firms must revalue derivatives to market value for each accounting period. The reevaluation amount, in addition to increasing or decreasing the derivative asset or liability, also affects uh, either net income immediately uh, or other comprehensive income immediately uh, with an uh, effect on net income later. Uh, the income effect of a change in the market value of a derivative uh, turns on the nature of the hedge for which a firm acquires the derivative and whether the firm has chosen to use hedge accounting. Uh, generally accepted accounting principles classify derivatives as either speculative investments, uh, fair value hedges, or cash flow hedges. Uh, firms usually acquire derivatives uh, to hedge particular risks and classify these investments uh, as either fair value hedges or cash flow hedges. Uh, firms must choose to designate each derivative uh, as one or the other, uh, depending on their general hedging strategy and purpose in acquiring uh, the particular derivative instrument. Uh, if a firm chooses not to designate a particular derivative as either a fair value hedge or cash flow hedge, uh, the generally accepted accounting principles require that a firm account uh, for the derivative as a speculative investment. Uh, for derivatives held as speculative investments, uh, firms must revalue the instrument each market period and recognize the resulting gain or loss in earnings. For derivatives held as fair value hedges, uh, the instruments can be classified as either uh, a hedge of a recognized asset or liability or a hedge of an unrecognized firm commitment. And finally, uh, for derivatives held as cash flow hedges, uh, the instruments can be classified as either a hedge of an existing asset or liability or a hedge of cash flows of a forecasted transaction. Right, And that concludes this 107th episode of 100. On financial accounting, not, of course, ruling out the possibility of yet more bonus episodes.